And I just think if you were just to take the Bible just as a literary work and to study it, you'd almost, it'd almost be impossible not to come to the conclusion that it's divinely inspired. Welcome to the Breaking Chains podcast, where we are unified in God's word, reaching, teaching, strengthening, and nurturing both those who know Jesus and those who are shackled in bondage, looking for freedom through the blood of Christ. I'm your host, Philip Skeens, here to share with you today what the Lord has put on my heart that will prayerfully help each of you in your own special way. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Breaking Chains podcast. I am here today with uh, another guest that we have not heard before and my co-host, Daniel Skeens. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I got done with two finals today, so. Always a good day when you get through finals. Shane, Pastor Shane uh, Danks. Shane, yes. how are you doing? Great. Glad to be here. Glad to be able to sit down with you guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to have you with us today. And uh, we just kind of tell a little bit about um, about yourself, a little bit about your background. And then we're going to tell a pretty cool story on, on how we met. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And was, the way we met is actually what makes it special to be here. It is uh, with very. You guys. It's just kind of <laughs> just cool how the Lord orchestrates things. But uh, I am a, a youth pastor. I'm a youth pastor at Abundant Life Fellowship in New Waterford, Ohio. And uh, uh, I ha- kind of got my start in the ministry by just leading these. I kind of uh, somewhat fell into that role, and uh, uh, I fell into it by the Lord's moving. That's right. And uh, and uh, started leading the youth and. And one thing led to another as the Lord grew me, my faith matured me a little bit. And uh, and now here I am. I'm a youth pastor at the church in, in, in New Waterford. And yeah, just doing doing faith, growing in my growing in my walk every day and, and still on this journey. As, uh, as God tends to mature all of us when we listen to him and, yeah. and follow his calling. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's so it's. Again, what you said a while ago about how we met is really what makes it special. And for our for our listeners, one, thank you for coming back and listening to us again today. Uh, we thank everybody for your um, subscriptions, for your following, and for listening to our podcast. Because without you out there, uh, we could not spread, you know, our do our work and spread the news that that God's put on all of our hearts. So. It's uh, the story about uh, Pastor Shane and and I and Daniel is uh, so Pastor Shane uh, used to work at a car dealership in Austintown, Ohio. Yeah, and we had bought several cars there through the years, and then the guy that we uh, I believe it was Neil that we had started there he was kind of our go-to guy right and and we just kind of built a pretty good relationship but he was on his way out and he was wanting to retire and i believe if i get the story correct we we come in one day to buy another vehicle or look at another vehicle we was going to test drive it and he was really busy that day and he said Hey, let me get you over to to Shane. And I was like, well, okay. 
And you were pretty young at that time, right? I think I was probably, I bet you I was 22 years old. Yeah, you were pretty young. And I'm, young, you know, I'm yeah. like, well, okay. But Neil was a seasoned veteran, yeah. right? And because um, I think he was there like in the very early days. Oh, yeah. Of of that whole he was. partnership, right? Yeah, he at one point actually was part owner in the dealership. That's what I thought, yeah. And then he kind of sold off his stakes. And he, and I think even the time that you were coming in, he was only working part-time, kind of coming in on his yeah. own when yeah. he wants to. Because and... I actually called him at home a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know it. I know what you're saying is right. So he goes, let me get you over to Shane, and, and he'll take care of you. And I'm like, mm, but Neil, you're the guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But so you came into the picture and we, we kind of, we just hit it off. Yeah. Right. I mean, from the very first get go, uh, we kind of hit it off and we, we done the deal. And then when it was time to come back for service or whatever, you know, we'd always just come and kind of hang out with, with you and kind of talk and, and Daniel was young at that just time kid, I'm, yeah. i want to say like 15 or 16 yeah yeah something like that i just i got out of the car today and <laughs> and i introduced myself to daniel i'm like i'm shane he's like i'm daniel and i was like i about fell over I, <laughs> this, this kid's got facial hair now he was just a little kid when i was when i first met him and yeah, now it's, he's, it's been a bit yeah now he's 21 and and uh doing awesome things yeah he grew like. up so yeah. i mean that's just really a unique story and you know it's we we say it often, but it's it's truly amazing how God puts people in your life that you don't really know and you don't really understand why mm-hmm. until one day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and to be honest, I was thinking about this this past week. You know, after we kind of um, God put it on my heart, I was on Facebook one night and He said, um, you know, contact Shane. And we hadn't spoken in four or five years. Yeah. Um, since you left uh, the dealership, I think. Yeah. And uh, I was like, but God, I haven't talked to Shane in like several years, you know? Yeah. So I messaged you and I was like, yeah, let's go do this thing, right? Yeah. And, uh, but now we know. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, all of that was just for all that just for the, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm pl- completely confident that the Lord has bigger plans for for that. And he had bigger plans in the moment. Absolutely. It was more than just selling a car. I, I, I'll say from the moment that 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 I met Phil and Daniel and, the, and, the, and his family, I just uh, they've always felt like friends to me. And uh, there's a lot of times working at a dealership that people walk through the door and you're just dreading it a little bit you know you <laughs> sell somebody a car they come back what are they coming to complain yeah, about yeah you're like oh no here we go they got they got something bad to tell me or uh they're just here to bug me but you know uh phil and dan dan they always come over whenever they're getting their oil change or something they come over and talk to me and i just always look forward to we actually looked them. forward to coming get in service because yeah. I, I remember when we always talk about it, even till still today you had that little um the the fiat spider yeah you know yeah. the little red car that always sit there in the corner of the yeah. the dealership yeah and it's like yeah one day we'll go drive that yeah <laughs> <laughs> never got to but yeah. uh, we we always like talking about it yeah yeah now here we are here we are talking about the lord and 
Uh, it's cool. If there's one, if there's one blessing about social media is for all of its downfalls, it's that you get to kind of stay in contact with some people That's right. that otherwise, you know, you might've lost track of. I, I I can't say that of all of the thousands of people I probably met selling cars, there's very, very few, a limited amount of them that I have any contact with anymore, right. you know? Um, but, but just, you know, the Lord has made a way for us to stay in touch to stay in contact. And, and, uh, it just even meeting you guys here, it's just like picking up where we left off sitting at the yeah. dealership. It's funny know? how that works. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's great, and and again, I'm just glad you're here with us. Um, one to to kind of confirm how you know God puts people in your lives, and I think um, Daniel has a story about that same thing. Yeah, I I have a story about how I originally met Pastor Robert before he was even a pastor, and he used to be my high school teacher. Oh yeah, yeah, back in high school, I had him three times in high school, and I didn't know, and then senior year of high school, I knew that he was going to go into get a pastoral degree yeah, or pastoral certificate or whatever he went off and did. But I was like, okay, that's really cool. Yeah. And at that time we were in a break where we weren't going to church. Right. And I was like, that was my favorite teacher at the time. Yeah. At my school. Don't tell him that. (laughs) Oh, he knows. I'm going to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) He knows. Um, and I was just like, talk to him. Yeah. He was like a friend. Yeah. And when we were looking for a new church, I was like, well, I know Robert goes here. And I'm like, okay, let's go there. So we went Easter Sunday this year. Yeah. It was the first, it was the first week that they were in this building. Oh, that's awesome. So that's it, awesome. And go ahead with your story. And... I just started talking to Robert, and that was the first time I had seen Robert or talked to him in about three years. It's because I graduated in 2019, and we just picked up our friendship, and yeah, we just, we're here now. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and we had met at a so Daniel knew Pastor Robert, and. We had we was at a golf outing at No Run one year when we was at um, Grace Family. It was a missions. Um, it was the Hope Project. Yeah, golf the Hope Project outing. golf outing. And so Daniel introduces me to Pastor Robert, and you know we we talk a little bit, but then you know here we are again years later, and when Daniel said, "Hey, let's go to." to Russ church i was like "Mm," you know you know how the enemy kind of says no you don't really want to do that yeah yeah and so we came and uh been here ever since and it's just uh another one of those miraculous stories how god orchestrates things that is so cool (laughs) you know when i uh the first time i ever came to the church that i'm at now i was a kid i was well i was probably in seventh grade and my best friend growing up, he went to Abundant Life Fellowship where I'm at. And at that time, uh, I had grown up in a really small, uh, uh, super conservative church. And it was, you know, there's 30 people in the church and six of them are my family every week. <laughs> so uh, that's what I grew up in and that's what I knew. And 
And this church was just uh, not really like that. It was just a little bit more uh, lively, I would say. And uh, the first time I, w- I ever came to the, to the church, um, the, I met the pastor, who's the pastor, still my pastor to this day. And he's one of the greatest men that I know. And he would always remember my name. I mean, I met him at like a, a lock-in once or at a fifth quarter once. And he... Uh, and then every time after that, he'd always come up and be like, so excited to see me. Hey, Shane, how you doing? I'm like, I told my friend, I said, your, your church is so weird, dude. Your church is so weird. Everybody here is weird. And uh, and now I'm, I'm one of the pastors. So I'm That's one funny. of the weirdos now, you know? That's funny. You know, it's I'm not one that's good with names. So I always admire the people that are good with names. And they yeah. remember you like every time. Yeah. Always. The guy that I used to work with, he was a um, regional vice president of operations. And he could see you one time. And and granted, this guy, his name was Ed. And he would go through the mill. He knew everybody. And he would meet him one time. And he, he, he told us one time how he did it. He said he had this algorithm that he kind of put facial features and stuff together with words and he would remember your name meeting you one time yeah. and not see you again for two years. Yeah. And uh, I, I could never do that. I, I'm terrible <laughs> with names. I, I always tell people, as soon as I introduce myself, I say, I'm just going to let you know right now, I'm going to ask for your name a couple more times. Cause <laughs> as soon as, as soon as I stop talking to you, I have completely forgotten your name. <laughs> so It's no knock on you. It's just the way that my brain works. So yeah, so I wish I was better. There was something special about that, actually. As a matter of fact, when I when I was dating my wife, the funny thing is that I th- always thought this church was so weird. And then my wife, I started dating her, and she grew up at the church I'm at now. And uh, so we were kind of split in time between another church and, and her church. And, and when it came time to like, all right, we got to make a decision. We're getting married here. We got to settle into a church. The thing that drew me where we're at now is... Uh, is the fact that it's those little things like the fact that the pastor always knew my name. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was loved there. And uh, and that was enough. I, th- I still thought they were weird when I, when we started going in, we plugged in. I still thought they were all weird. I still thought the church was weird. But uh, but I knew they loved me. And right. there's something, you know, the scripture says that perfect love casts out fear. And I think a lot of what I thought was weird was just scary to me. You right. know? And, and as I was loved by them, it kind of let that's my kind of walls what, come down. That's kind of why we stayed here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the same reason. Yeah. Is we just felt that drawing and there was so much love that, that welcomed us. Yeah. The very first day we walked in the building. Yeah. It was like, okay, it's kind of an easy decision. Yeah. Right? That's, that's what the church is supposed to be, you know, and that's, that's how you, that's how you reach the lost is you're just, you just love them where they're at and. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear you guys. Uh, it's c- so cool to come into this place. And uh, I've always thought that there's something special when bodies connect, you know? Right. And, and I may be from a different church. You guys may be from a different church. And we serve the same God. We're the same. Yeah. We're from the same body. There's right. going to be a day where, where we're going to all be in glory. And uh, there's not going to be this church or that church or this denomination. Or that church. We are the church. Yeah, we are it. <laughs> we're it, man. And you remember the song, We Are the World? Um, back in the 80s, you don't remember it. You're too young. 
I was born in 80, I was born in eighty nine, so don't 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 call me that. <laughs> I only had one year under song, my belt. We are the world. Look it up. We need to remake that song. We are the church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, just a couple announcements today, real quick. Friday night fellowship with Breaking Chains every week at six p.m. Uh, we've been having some great uh, meeting meetups and learning a lot about ourselves and about the word. So bring a friend, bring family, whoever it's open to everybody 18 and older, uh, at rush church. And if you need to know where that's at, you can find us on the website. Um, church service every Sunday morning here at rush at 10 AM in Boardman, Ohio. And again, rush.church. If you need to know where that's at, you can find the location there. We'd love to have everybody come and visit uh, so we can love you guys. And uh, why don't you give a shout out to to where you're at? Yeah, I'm at Abundant Life Fellowship down in New Waterford. We have service every Saturday or every Sunday morning at 1030 and and other things going on throughout the week. Yeah, you know, we'd we'd be glad to have anybody. More than anything, we come here as one body and and no matter who you are, where you're at, we encourage you to plug in to some church, somebody. Yes. Um, find a home. Find That's a home. the most important thing. Right on. Find somewhere because, you know, there's a lot of great church uh, bodies and, and families out there. Yeah. And uh, just got to find one and pray that uh, the Lord leads you to the right one. Right on. We do, th- we, we do better whenever we do it together. That's for sure. So. Amen to that. The... Show today is about the stone or the stones. Yeah. And, um, you know, when the Lord put this on my heart and uh, it was about the stones and just kind of started looking at the stones in the Bible and there is no shortage of stones and stone usage in the Bible. Yeah. You know, everything from the 12 tribes of Israel to, um, they can be used for evil. They can be used for good. And then you've got the living stones of God, which is what he's using to build his temple with. Yeah. And we're going to talk about those things today and see what we can learn. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, when, when you sent me this, this topic, I, I, at first I was like, you know, this isn't something I've ever really put a whole lot of thought into, but just since then, as I've kind of dove into the word, I'm like, man, this is, this is bigger than what I've ever imagined it to be. There's so many references in here to go off of. Yes, there is a, there is a lot to it. And just real quick, before we dive off into the scripture reading, if you look up the definition of a stone, it's pretty simple. It's something made into a permanent an unchangeable state. Yeah, that's really good. So as we learn more about uh, about the stone, we're going to keep that in mind because of what we can become when we use the stones wisely. Yeah. For God's kingdom. Yeah, right on. So today's scripture we're going to read. Uh, we're going to start off in First Samuel. Chapter 17, verses 40 through 50, and we kind of broke it up because it's a lot to read, but um, 
Shane, if you will take the first, um, the first 40 through 43, and then Daniel 44 through 47, and then I will uh, round out the last couple. Sure, sure. I'll go All 40 right. through 43. Yes. All right. I'm gonna read out of I'm gonna read out of my Bible here. I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Version, just so if anybody's trying to follow along, sometimes these read a little differently. Uh, starting in verse 40, it says, Instead, he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put it in his pouch in his shepherd's bag. Then with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. The Philistine came closer and closer to David with the shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he despised him because he was just a youth, healthy and handsome. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come against me with sticks? Then he cursed David by his gods. Come over here and I'll give you your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you with the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, who you defied, or you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Or, yeah, he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack... David quickly ran out to meet him. Verse 49, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the head, in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell down, face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine and only a sling and a stone for he had no sword power of stones yeah and the power of coming to a giant in front of you in the name of the lord yeah uh real quickly before we dive into that um scripture we also want to talk about how stones are used in john um chapter eight and this is when, so Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives in, in verse 1, verse 2. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple, and a crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. And he was speaking. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? And his response is what we all need to really look at ourselves about, right? Yeah. Verse 6. They were trying to trap Jesus into saying they could use against him. But Jesus stood down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. 
So he stood up again and said, All right, <laughs> but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Hmm. So we've got two things here. One, where a mob of people want to stone someone that has sinned. And a young man that has slayed a giant for saving his people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we can't use the stones for both things. Yeah. If we're throwing stones at people, we've all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. Nobody's perfect. So how can we stone, throw stones at someone spiritually they wound physically they scar how can we throw stones at someone when we all have that sin yeah you know i i think when i when you read these two scriptures and, I was, and you put these scriptures back to back i think this is a, a perfect example of what i think is maybe one of the biggest challenges to christians in our day and age. And I think it's a, a challenge of, uh, of misidentifying our enemy. Mm-hmm. And David knew who his enemy was. That's right. And, and, the, and the religious rulers and the people of that day that drug this woman who had committed adultery, they drug her through the street, exposed her before Jesus and demanded that he, he convict her, that she, she be stoned to death. Um, because they had uh, had not been able to see past her sin, all they had seen was what she had done, and and they had labeled her as enemy. And the scripture says that we fight not against flesh and blood, but against angels and principalities and, and spiritual darkness forces. Right. And and this is just such a beautiful picture of that. This is like you said. This is two different ways the stone is used, and all all it comes down to is a misidentified enemy. Right. And, and there's just such a, there's just such a, an ego trip, if you will, for lack of a better term, that a lot of times people, and, and I've done it and you've done it and, and we've all done it, is we've pointed that finger because we want to be better than someone. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, your sin's greater than my sin. Yeah. Guess what? No, that's not, that's not what God says. Yeah. You know, sin is sin, and and there's no great greater sinner than the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all, we've all fallen short. <laughs> That's right. We've all fallen short. And, and like you said, it's a struggle. Um, in the biggest struggle that that we have in maintaining, you know, the the step forward and to become the Christ-like image that we're really struggling for, right? And yeah. and trying to get to is these little things that you know we just want to pick at and pluck at and and you know get gets the focus off of that person and onto someone else yeah and there's some self-comfort in that yeah for a while yeah but it's short it's short term yeah you know there's 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 the very there there's there's almost no way that we can uh fully live out the calling that the lord has on our lives to love people to love our enemies um 
until we have recognized who it is that is our real enemy. You know, when, when, when we love somebody, we forgive somebody that has hurt us, or we love somebody that has uh, postured themselves against us. Um, um, we're essentially, we're just showing them the cross is what we're doing. Right. We're, we're saying that, you know, there's, there's no amount of grace that anybody will ever require uh, uh, from me that is not, uh, that's more than what I've required from the father. Right. You know, he sent his son to die for me. And, uh, and so nobody will ever require more grace from me than, than I require of, of the father. And, and we can't ever live that out unless we know who our enemy is. We know who the actual enemy is and where our anger or whatever it is, our, uh, our battle is aimed in the right direction. Yeah. And I think, you know, the problem that we struggle with is we listen to the wrong people or the wrong, we listen to the wrong person yeah. on who the enemy is mm-hmm. because the enemy causes confusion. Yeah. The enemy lies and he deceives and he prevents us from putting our eyes on him. Yeah. You know, pointing to everyone else. No, that's your enemy. No, that's your enemy. That's I'm your friend, Mm -hmm. but I'm causing all the division. You know, I hope you never realize that because then you will see my tricks and my deceit. Right. Yeah. Um, But the enemy is um, he's not dumb. Yeah. I mean, he's very intelligent Mm -hmm. and he can deceive even the most just. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I like in uh, verse 47, it says that it's the Lord's battle. It's not David's battle. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, when you say that, I, you know what I think of? I think of, um, of just how much so- society has uh, misconstrued the idea of justice. And, and we can turn on the TV or turn on the news anywhere and, and, and see, um, see what this society has called justice. But when you, when you open the scriptures and you, and you look at what is, what is the Lord called justice and justice is restorative in nature. If you read in the scriptures, Mm -hmm. that's what justice was. God was always moving, even when he was moving in justice. And even when he was moving in judgment, it was always towards restoration. And, uh, we have kind of called uh vengeance we've called it justice yeah Yeah. we've we've said well this is what justice is and this is what we we think justice is and really really what is it's just vengeance you know no that's that's a very valid point and i i think it's not hard to see if you know the media strives on the term justice yeah because it creates such a division Mm -hmm. one side or the other there's no um, there's very few news channels that doesn't play one side or the yeah, other. Yeah, right. 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 So I'm not going to say none, but there's very few. Yeah. And um, they thrive on that because it brings them news. Yeah. If they didn't have rest, if they had restoration, if they had what true justice was and they had restoration, they wouldn't have nothing to report on. <laughs> right. You're 100% spot on there. Yeah, but I think it's uh, important to look at. It's saying that it is the Lord's battle yeah. because we go throughout our daily 
lives and so many times we're like oh well i gotta do this today i gotta do that today yeah no you get to do that yeah right because right. the lord's placed you there yeah 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 it's the greatest blessing to be used by the lord amen to that and and to give to just to be able to say you know glory to god in a true sense of the word yeah you know i i don't do anything i one is i can't do anything without god and two i don't do anything it's not me it's not you yeah it's all about god right right and um it's you know i think it's a very good point daniel it's you know again we want to take the battle to ourselves because of pride. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's that that nasty word that causes so much strife. Yes, and so much division and so much bitterness is. I don't ever want to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. might as well just not even have it. You know, get yeah. get over it now yeah. and and live a happier life. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I can say for for certainty that pride has been just uh, one of the biggest battles of my life. You know, I feel like as a man, it's hard. It's hard to to lay down your pride, to be willing and to be vulnerable, to be wrong, to be corrected. All of these things that we spend our whole life trying not to be, and then to all of a sudden submit to those things. It's, it's that's a that's a hard that's a hard pill to swallow. That's tough for us. Yeah. It is. Um the other the other scripture um that <laughs> and, and this was, was last night when I was kind of finalizing our, our notes is chapter seventeen of first Samuel verses eight and nine. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Hmm. And it's like, you got somebody over there that's just big in stature and nature, and it's like, you're just these little peasley yeah. servants of a man named Saul. Yeah. You... Stay over there. You can't win. Yeah. You're going to lose. Yeah. So one, choose one man to come here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. When you lose the battle of giants you're facing, you're going to become their their slave mm. you know you come in the name of the Lord and you you slay that obstacle in front of you that giant that mountain that you think's unmovable then you're not a slave to any of it yeah and um, I think that's extremely you know whether that whether it's relationships or addictions or morality issues or the lack of godly spirituality, right? They can all become your master if you don't come in the name of the Lord and slay those things in front of you. Mm -hmm. And he gives us the tools to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, reading that, reading that scripture, the first thing that comes to my mind is who told Goliath that he gets to make the rules in war? Mm-hmm. You know, why, mm-hmm. why did the Israelites just say, yeah, sure, sure, giant, you get to make the rules. Enemy, you get to make the rules for how this, how this battle is going to play out. I'll say this, though. We do the same thing with Satan. Sometimes, yep. sometimes he, he sets these boundaries and we just say, well, I have to abide by the rules because they're the rules. That's right. Some, my enemy told me these are the rules of war and I can't overstep them. And I feel like, like who told, who told, who told Goliath he gets to make the rules? What if the Israelites would have said, well, yeah, you're big, but, but we got, we got a whole army of people over here and we could all fight you together. Mm-hmm. You know, right. another thing I think of, I think of my, uh, I have a four-year-old. And when I put him to bed, he always is looking for reasons to prolong the bedtime routine. I'm sure any parent can, <laughs> can relate to that. He'll ask me to blow his nose when he doesn't need a tissue. I mean, just literally anything he could think of. And he'll always say, can I just ask you one question? And, I'm, and I say, all right, you could ask me one question. He tries to think of, he's only four. He tries to think of the deepest question he could possibly <laughs> ask me. One that's not like a one word answer. It's got to be deep. He always says, why am I so small and the world is so big? <laughs> and, and I know he's, I, I, what I want to say is, listen, man, you don't even care what the answer is to this question. But I always tell him, you know what? There's some dad uh, of, a, of an aunt that's putting his little son to bed. And he's saying, and his son is saying, dad, why am I so small? And, uh, and easy is, my son's name is, is Elias Zion. We call him easy. Why, is, why am I so small and easy is so big? And, uh, and I think of that, just, that just came to mind as you were reading that because, uh, like to the Israelites, maybe Goliath was a giant, but to, to the creator of the universe, he's an ant, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. he's, he's an ant. He's absolutely, he's not powerful. He's not tough. He's not intimidating. There's nobody that the Lord's ever come across that's ever intimidated him. Right. You know, and it just puts that into perspective. It's, it's like. You know, when when David says, "I'm coming in the name of the Lord," he's saying, "I might be, I might be small, I might be an ant compared to you, but you're an ant compared to the one I'm coming in the name of." You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, kids come up with the, the <laughs> they come up with the the most awesome things. Yeah, yeah. But some of those things really make you think, though. They do. Yeah. One of the things, it's challenge, having a four-year-old is, is challenging. He asks me questions. We read the Bible every day with him. He has a little kid's Bible. We read with him every day. And, and I mean, just, just we're always at the church and doing stuff. And so he's just always involved in, in, uh, in, in around ministry. He's always uh, in and around the presence of the Lord. And so he asks questions that you know, all of a sudden I'm like, how do I explain this to a four-year-old in any way that a four-year-old is going to under, <laughs> get, get the crowns and paper out. <laughs> yeah. 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 He starts asking me, he's, I'm sitting there reading the Bible to him and he starts asking, he says something about Jesus living inside of him. And I said, yeah. And he said, but like, he doesn't actually like really live inside of me. He goes, you know, I know what he's picturing in his head. He's thinking of like this Jesus, guy. like, yeah, this little person, <laughs> human being living inside of him. And it's like, all right, now how do I explain this to a four-year-old? But all those things are good for you. They make you think about yeah. some of the stuff that you just don't think about. I had a four-year-old once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had three of them at one time. Yeah. <laughs> 17 years ago. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, you know the other the other thing about this scripture is David. When it talks about the stones, right? It specifically states he grabbed five smooth stones. Yeah. Why didn't Why didn't the author say he grabbed five stones? Yeah. No, it's specific. There's five smooth stones that he grabbed out of the the riverbed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he picked them up of, out of the stream of running water. And when water runs over the stones for a long time, they tend to become smooth. River stones, great for your landscapes and stuff because they're smooth stones. Yeah. The water's not harsh, but it's just the way that that over time that it runs over and kind of washes them together. It just smooths mm-hmm. them out. And I, that's just really makes me think, why wasn't it just he picked five stones out of the water? Yeah. No, he picked five specifically smooth stones yeah. and put them in his bag. And why did he pick five? Yeah. Um, These are the questions that that when you start studying a scripture, it's, right, it comes out, it's like, okay, five smooth stones. Well, why was it five? Why mm-hmm. wasn't it one? If he only needed one, why wasn't right. it one? Yeah. Why wasn't it ten? You yeah. know, why wasn't it a handful? No, yeah. it was five smooth stones. And, um, you know, again, it's how scripture is written that it's just, it's perfect, mm. you know? And and when you read it, and the more you read it, it's like the more questions that you can ask. Yeah, you know when you look at the scripture just as a whole, I was thinking about this recently. When you when because you know I spend a lot of time reading and studying scripture and reading books about other people that are reading and studying scripture and listening to podcasts about other people that are reading and studying <laughs> scripture, and 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 everything seems to come together and fit so perfectly, and I just think. If you were just to take the Bible just as a literary work and to study it, you'd almost it'd almost be impossible not to come to the conclusion that it's divinely inspired. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way there's no other book like this. There's no other holy book like this. There's no other book like this that that has so much depth to it and it fits together so perfectly. Right. And isn't contradicting itself mm-hmm. all over the place. It's just it it's it's the literary work itself is 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 proof. It's a it masterpiece. Finally, it's that, a masterpiece that is flawless, and it's it's just incredible the way it's orchestrated. Right from from f- the very first word of Genesis to the very la- very last word of Revelation. Yeah, um, yeah. and it, and you're right. It fits together in. It's all in harmony, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's just it never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, let me go back to one thing that you said though, yep. about those stones because there's something else that popped to my mind. You're talking about the water, and you're right; it's just a river. It's just like a gentle flow of water over these rocks that are 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 flattening these edges, and what becomes the weapon that slays the giant the thing that kills the giant was formed just over time of just persistent Mm 
um, gentleness, really. Right. And I and I just think of David. All right, now you look at you look back at David's life when uh, God goes to Samuel and he says Saul's Saul's not the guy, but I found a guy after my own heart, and he sends Samuel to David's dad Jesse's house, and and Jesse gets all the brothers lined up. He says this is definitely the one. No, that's not. This is definitely one. No, that's right. not the one. And then and David's not even brought in. He was so insignificant. He was so thought little of that he, he was wasn't hidden. even in the picture wasn't even brought in as consideration but but david says when um he goes to to saul to to face goliath he says i'll fight goliath mm -hmm. he says that the lord delivered me when the bear and the lion came to attack the sheep and i'm out shepherding my flock the bear the lion come to attack my sheep i fought them and killed them and here's here's david doing these things it's just to him, it's just everyday life. He's a shepherd. He's right. doing the job of a shepherd. But throughout that time, that seems insignificant, that that time that just as him doing what he's supposed to be doing, he's actually being formed. It's this gentle flow that's forming him into a weapon that the Lord's going to use him against. Right. As as a, as a weapon against mm -hmm. this this giant, the Lord's going to use his faith as a weapon against the enemy. <laughs> that's funny that you say that. And it's truth, because um, I did not know what we were going to talk about that because it just came to you. But here's what I wrote down, right? Yeah. We, we look at um, John chapter 7, and it talks about anyone who believes in me may come and drink, right? For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Yeah. As you partake in the water of God's word... Yeah. And and God's living water for your life. The stones is going to start being honed and shaped into that smoothness that you just talked about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's because it's it's that that's that constant honing. Yeah. And shaping and forming. And you can pick these stones out of God's words and slay the biggest giants in front of you. With those smooth stones. Yeah. Because you have the waters of living life. Yeah. Right? Amen. Flowing through your body. Yeah. So that's the uh, that's what you're just talking about. Yeah. Um Wow. You know when when uh when uh, another place in scripture where stones are referenced in, in, in this in Joshua, in the book of Joshua. Um but before that, we just talk about Joshua. Look at Joshua for a second. Joshua was like Moses' sidekick. And the scripture said Moses goes up Mount Sinai by himself, and he goes into this glory cloud, and he experiences the glory of the Lord. He comes back down with the commandments that are written on stone. Who would have thought it? They're written on stone. And then Moses would go into this tent of meeting, and he would meet with the Lord. He would actually go into this, this glory cloud this the actual uh, shekinah glory the glory of the lord is inside this tent moses would go into this tent and the scripture says joshua would go in with him mm -hmm. and then moses would re receive instruction from the lord and then he would go out and give that instruction to uh to the israelites but the scripture says that joshua the son of nun uh, the i think it's joshua the son of nun he would stay in the tent and he would just dwell there in the presence of the lord he would stay and when moses uh, comes to the end of his day, the Lord anoints Joshua. And I think all of those days that seemed 
insignificant to probably everybody in Israel's camp. Mm -hmm. The millions of people in Israel's camp where Joshua was just a young man. That's all they knew of him. He's just a young man that likes to hang out in that darn tent. (laughs) And uh, all of those moments were preparing Joshua for the moment when he was going to take charge and he was going to lead Israel into the promised land. I think, man, there's like... There's no day of our life. There's no moment of our life that's insignificant with the that's Lord. That's right. Like the most insignificant things is just that that gentle flow that's just carving us and forming us into exactly what the Lord wants to do with us. Yeah. I just want to uh, go back to uh, John chapter 8 as we brought up earlier. Because um, I think that's a very important sequence of events with the uh, woman caught in adultery Mm -hmm. and I even had a devotion a few weeks ago uh, to the college group uh, about that story and when we have rocks in our hands and we're accusing others of what they've done we're condemning ourselves too because in Romans uh, chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 it says, therefore, you have no excuse, O man. Every one of you who judges for is passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. Uh, we know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. And verse 3 says, Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things, and yet do them yourself that you escape the judgment of god yeah amen amen to that yeah you know i i I, uh i look at uh i look at david it's amazing is david is a type or this foreshadow of jesus and maybe the greatest type or foreshadow of jesus that's why jesus is often called the son of david he Mm -hmm. comes from the bloodline of david but even more so than that, David is a type, this foreshadow of Jesus to come. There's, you read a lot of David's literary work in, in the Psalms and stuff, and all, a lot of it is foreshadowing, it's pointing, it's prophesying of Jesus' is coming. And, um, and then you see this picture of David, and he's fighting Goliath. And you don't often think of Jesus as a warrior, right? But... Uh, in, in Exodus chapter 15, verse 3, it says this. It says, Yahweh is a man of war. Yahweh is his name. Mm-hmm. This is Moses talking. He says, Yahweh is a man of war. Yahweh is his name. And um, when Joshua had crossed the river, he'd taken Israel across the river. They're standing on the outskirts of Jericho. He kind of wanders off on his own. And he comes before Jesus. This is Jesus before he was in a manger. Is Jesus standing there. Because when Jesus presents himself, he says, I am um, the commander of the Lord's army. And he tells Moses to take off his sandals because he's standing on holy, holy ground, ground. Right? Mm-hmm. And the only other time that's ever happened when was when Moses stood before the for the before the burning bush right. where the Lord's presence was. So when when Joshua's standing there, he's standing there before Jesus Christ, before Jesus was ever born in a manger. And you know what Jesus is doing? He's standing there holding a sword. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And we think, we don't think of Jesus, we think of like the gentleness of Jesus and, and this, but you don't think of Jesus as, as a warrior. And here's Jesus presenting himself to Joshua before he's ever birthed in a manger and he's standing there with a sword. And Joshua actually asks, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? Because Joshua's afraid, mm-hmm. like, 
like he sees this person and he knows this is divine. Mm-hmm. And he says, are you for us? Are you for our adversaries? And Jesus says, no. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> no, I'm the commander of the Lord of armies. So what he's really saying is, I am the way. But are you is, with me or are you against he's me? He's definitely the warrior because he conquered yeah. death, hell, and the grave. Yeah. Right? And went and got the keys. He is. Yeah. I mean, that was his first, that was the first thing he did. Yeah. So, so what's cool is when you actually look at that, so you look at, Look at, go back to the story of David and Goliath. And David slays Goliath with a stone. He hits David, Goliath with a stone in the forehead, and Goliath falls over mm-hmm. dead. And then he goes up to Goliath and he takes Goliath's own sword mm-hmm. and he chops off his head. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, first of all, that's amazing because that's David. He's going, he's already killed Goliath, but he's proven a point here. And he's going to draw the enemy's own sword against him now. And he chops off Goliath's head. Now, if you go into Colossians, let me find this. Let me find this little this verse here in Colossians. Uh, I should have sent this to you earlier, so I didn't have to scroll through to find it. But in Colossians chapter two, because this is this is I think I just as I was as I was reading this, I was like, man, this is so this is so juicy. As I think of David cutting off uh, Goliath's head, and then in Colossians chapter two. Uh, verses 14 and 15, it says this, He erased the certificate of debt with its obligation that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. Mm. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. Yeah. He disgraced them publicly. You know what David did after he chopped off Goliath's head? He took Goliath's head to Jerusalem. Imagine David just w- marching through the streets holding the enemy's, holding head. The enemy's head. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what Jesus did because G- Jesus uh, went to the cross and Satan thought, I've won the battle. Mm-hmm. I've literally, I've crucified the son. I've won the battle. And that was, that was Jesus yielding Satan's sword and chopping off his mm-hmm. own head. And then he rose again from the dead and he walked through the streets holding, holding the enemy's head saying, look what I've done. He's defeated. He's done. He's defeated. It's over. The battle's won. I think that's. I think that's just amazing. And you know, what I think. I think when, uh, when you think about David swinging the stone around and flinging the stone, when the stone moved, the enemy fell. And then you look at Jesus when he's in the tomb. When the stone moved, the enemy fell. And it's just this, this beautiful picture. This beautiful foreshadowing mm-hmm. of a of a spiritually violent warrior that's jesus you know yeah. it's just he knows who he's, his enemy is right yeah yeah wow yeah it and the thing about david and we're about out of time we're coming up on an hour here and i'm sorry um we may make this two parts but um david you know saul when we when we go back and look, it said Saul gave David his own armor, right, a bronze helmet and a coat of, uh, and the coat. David put it on, he strapped it on, he he strapped a sword over it, and he took a step or two, and he's like, I can't do this. Yeah, I can't wear it. You know your armor that's made of man. Yeah, I can't wear. That's religion right there. I can't wear mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I can't. I can't function in it. Yeah. And so he protested 
you know, to Saul. He's like, I, I'm not going to use them. So he took them off and he put on the whole armor of God. Yeah. Which to me is the sim- the symbolism of the five stones. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a lot of readings mm-hmm. when, when you get into studying this that, you know, there's nothing that you can really find, but some people say, well, he took five stones because Goliath had four brothers, right? And so he wanted to be prepared. Yeah. Um, but when I read this about the armor, it's like the, ma- the armor made of man, he took off. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not going to wear it. I'm going in the name of the Lord. Yeah. I'm taking these stones, which my whole armor of God I'm putting on, you know, I'm, uh, standing my ground, right? Cause that's, that's the first one. Stand yeah. your ground, put on the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. And for the shoes, we know what he had sandals. Yep. Um, puts on the peace from the good news. That's the second one. Yeah. So he had it. Yeah. You know, he's going in the name of God. He's going in the name of the Lord. And then he held up his shield of faith. He put on his salvation, his helmet, and away he went, praying in the spirit at all times on every occasion. And when you look at at that, just that little piece of, hey, he had a an armor of, of man that was given to him. So here, go protect yourself. And he says, uh-uh, I'm taking it off. Yeah. I've got my armor. Oh, that's really I'm, good. I'm going in the name of the Lord, and I'm going to slay this giant that's in front of me, and I'm going to save our land and our people. Yeah, that's really good, man. You know, and that's just, that's chilling. I mean, yeah. it's exciting. It's it's. Yeah, yeah. That's faith. That's right? faith, right? That's trust. Yep. That is putting it all on the line mm-hmm. for in going in the, in the name of the Lord. Yep. Yeah. And and I look at my stuff. I'm like, mm, yeah. I don't know. I've got some growing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we all could admit that we got growing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. on. For sure. And I want to I want to carry off what you said real quick about him taking off the armor made from man and putting on the Lord's armor. Um, and that, that brings me to Psalm 91, verse 14, and it says, The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. And that that fits in perfectly because yeah. David didn't yeah. want to trust the man-made armor because yeah. he had trust in the Lord to protect him. Amen. Amen to that. I just have a couple of closing comments. As long as we're casting stones at others, we will never be able to throw a stone at giants. Yeah. That's in front of us in order to remove them from our path. We've got to get it focused. We have to understand what we're doing and what our path is. Those giants obstacles of health spirituality forgiveness bitterness whatever they are in front of you you can't you can't do both yeah um 
when you, we throw when we throw stones at others, we scar them emotionally, we scar them physically, you know, and those scars last. Yeah. And especially if we're supposed to be the children of God, because God is love. So what are we? Yeah. If we are child, if we are a child of God and we are a follower of God. And we're not love. One that one that is love can't throw stones at someone else. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah, you know. So that's where we have to do the the self check. But you know, when a person casts stones at someone else, the Lord cannot use that person. Yeah, as a building stone of His temple. Right. And that's what we're, you know, we're all this building stones. Yep of his temple of his spiritual temple that's what we are that's what the the church that he has called is to be is the building stones of his temple yeah and we have to use our stones correctly right on in other t in if we don't then our stones can't be used for the temple mm-hmm right on so right on Man, it's been a good discussion. Yeah, that's yeah. This is fun, man. This is fun. Any closing comments, Daniel? No, I, I like the uh, mindset of the room. It yeah. just uh, went with the uh, Holy Spirit guided yeah. us. Yeah, that's been great. We'll do it again. We'll do it again, man. I'm ready. Um, you want to pray? Yeah. Uh, in closing, love to, love to. Lord, we lo love you. We're so thankful for you, Father. We're so thankful that you are, um, that you're our king, yes. that you're our warrior, Lord, and that all of our victory is found in you. We're thankful that even as we get around uh, a microphone, we sit around a table here and just talk about you, Lord, your spirit meets you're us so here good. and you lead our conversation. We pray for every single person that might listen to this podcast, every ear that this might enter in, Lord. We pray that it would affect them, Lord. We pray that you right now would give them hearts of flesh, Lord, yes. uh, able to receive your word, God. We pray that you would transform us and change us. We open our hearts and say, search us, Lord. Search us. Make us more like you, Lord. Yes. We're thankful for friendships, God. We're thankful that you make connections that are uh, bigger than we know. Uh, we just we just honor you and we bless you for uh, for all that you do for us, all that you've done for us, and for all that you're going to continue to do for us, Lord. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, man. I really appreciate having you here today. Absolutely. I can't wait. We'll do it again. I'm sure. Absolutely. For all of our listeners out there, thanks for staying around. We know it's longer than we usually do. Uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe two parts, maybe not. But uh, please like, please share, please subscribe. Uh, if you'd like to support this ministry, uh, we thank you for all your efforts. And you can, uh, if you'd like to give a financial donation, you can do that on the website at breakingchains.me. There's a button there. And also, if you need prayer requests, need to be held up in prayer, uh, there's a button there as well. So um, until the next time, God bless. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Breaking Chains. Be sure to head on over to our website at breakingchains.me. That's breakingchains.me and see all the good things that's going on over there. 
If you need prayer, you can submit your prayer request over there as well. And if you haven't done so, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and daily devotions so that you can receive everything that the Lord gives us to share with you. Until the next time, God bless us all with the strength to break those chains. Thank you.